Welcome to Fundamentals of Chefery. These are personal stories from one chef's perspective. Um, I've been going over some of the things, some of the projects that I've worked on over the last couple of years. I went over Chef of X Comics, the Chef of X podcast, which you're listening to now. And I want to go over Red Chef Music, which is the hip-hop music that I made, um, I guess, starting in 2016 up to the present date. We're in 2020 right now. So um, just to give a brief overview, I, uh, I started writing hip-hop when I was in uh, college at Tuskegee University, or Ruskegee, as I call it, um, but barely. And then um, I ended up uh, spending a lot of time in a jail. I'll explain that a little bit later. I wrote one mixtape while I was there, and I produced a bunch of other mixtapes since then. So I'm going to try to share some of the music with you, um, share some of the history of how it evolved, and then um, share some of the things that maybe aren't obvious in the music, but kind of like sneak peek behind the scenes types of things um, as far as what I was going through at the time when I wrote it and um, why it's valuable to me. So first, let's take it back to Ruskegee. Um, I lived, uh, I wrote my first bar when I lived in Alabama. And uh, me and my friends, uh, I lived off campus at the time, but me and my friends over the summer, we would always come together. It was myself, this guy named Carter, who was a senior mechanical engineering student from Houston, and another guy named Dominic, who was a sophomore architecture student and athlete. He was a bas- basketball player uh, from London. And I was a junior electrical engineering student from the L.A. area. I'm from Pasadena. So our common interest was technology, and we'd all get together uh, several nights a week after Dominic's, Dominic's basketball practice to discuss TED Talks and share our creative projects with one another and just discuss culture. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Tuskegee University, Tuskegee was a black or it is a black college. So um, we were like three black men, intellectuals that, you know, culture spills out when you have that crowd. But these were the types of things that we would um, talk about when we hung out. So um, it was natural that when I started writing poetry, I shared some some of it with them and I got like a vague positive reaction. But I never really thought that writing poetry would be a part of my life. I was much more of a researcher at the time. I was doing work in the microelectronics lab of Ruskegee, and um, we were building um, HJFET transistors out of silicon and germanium through magnetron sputtering. So I really, I felt like I was more of the science researcher. Carter was more of the designer, even though he was a mechanical engineering student. He did a lot of work on uh, Photoshop and built websites and things of that nature. And Dominic was more of an entrepreneur. Um, at the time, he was working toward this app called Woodle that was a drawing app. He was very much like more of a institutional guy. Like he, I think he was the president of some club. Anyhow, we all had our personalities, but I definitely wasn't a poet amongst that group. But that was the first memory that I have of actually writing and sharing what would later on become Red Chef music. So uh, if you're not familiar with any of the other FOC episodes, Fundamentals of Chefery, or you just don't know me very well, because on the podcast I'm usually in a conversation with someone else, so I don't really talk about myself. Um, my senior year of college at Ruskegee, I had a psychotic break. Um, it was partially drug-induced, partially um, genetic. Uh, many people in my family have had psychotic experiences. But uh, because of that, ultimately I was driven to leave school, and I went to jail in Northern California. So this was really, really big in the story of Red Chef music, because even though I was kind of a little bit of a poet before, I really, really grew into 
making hip hop music when I was incarcerated. So the way that turned out is that I, I went to jail, then went to a psych hospital. I got diagnosed, I got treatment, and then I had to go back to a jail to uh, await my sentencing. Um, but in that second period of time after I left the psych hospital, that's basically when I really started writing music. So at that time, I was already on psych meds. I wasn't having any psychotic experiences anymore. But um, my first instinct was to try to write essays because I felt a little bit like an anthropologist in a jail. Now, I'm, like I said, I'm an African-American male. And it is very normal to be a black person in a jail, a black male in a jail, right? A lot of people who are incarcerated look exactly like me. But one of the things that was different is that I had done so much, so many years in school before I went to jail that my psychology and the way that I kind of ended up in the jail was so different that I felt like an outsider, even though I looked like an insider. So this kind of outside inside nature of me being in jail was a big part of me starting writing music in the first place, as we'll see as the story progresses. But um, anyhow, my, my first instinct was to write essays about what it's actually like being in a jail. But um, it's not really socially acceptable to write things that aren't bars, basically. And I saw this as playing a little bit into the whole snitching thing that happens in jail, where if you're writing something and people don't really understand what you're writing or why you're doing it, especially if it's about things that are happening in the jail, it's very easy for people to become suspicious of you. And no one directly called me out for this, um, but I felt a little bit of the, hey, what are you doing? Hey, what are you, can I read what you're writing? You know, this attitude and suspicion was something that was weighing on me. So after I tried a couple of times, I just stopped. I think I wrote one thing about the way people communicate. It was like some short, brief thing, but I don't know where that is. I think I lost that. Anyhow, I tried to write essays. It didn't work. I didn't want to be seen as a snitch, so I just gave up on it. Um, some other elements to this whole thing was, like I said, I was on psych meds at the time, and I felt that I was I had taken a dip in my patience, even though, you know, I was in school and then I was having psychotic experiences, experiences, and then I returned back, quote unquote, to normal. There was still some loss, and one of them was just patience. Um, I, I also felt generally rusty, so. The task of writing like a cohesive piece of writing, like even, you know, a five paragraph essay was actually really difficult for me, even though it was very easy at previous times in my life. So, um, you know, one thing that happened while I was trying to do this is that I would constantly see people coming into the jail, you know, new people who were arrested or people who were moved from one unit to another. And a lot of these people were rappers, you know, so I would constantly hear raps you know, pretty much two, three times a week, someone would be performing something or practicing something or writing something. And I mean, a clear thing, again, as me kind of being the anthropologist there, is that what they had in charisma, a lot of them lacked in writing ability. They just, you know, a lot of people like the demographic in a jail, for the most part, is that people don't have high school diplomas, and they don't want them, right? They're, they're not even interested in getting a GED. So a lot of the chops that I had built up, like I said, I left school my senior year. I was an electrical engineering student. Um, I held internships. I'd done plenty of writing. It was really nothing for me to think about something and write it. Whereas I'm seeing people who are really talented, 
who didn't seem to have the basic chops of writing. So um, eventually, because of all of this, you know, the psych meds and the social acceptability of writing essays and et cetera, et cetera, um, I decided to write journals through bars, which are, you know, basically it's the fundamentals of what's called reality rap, where you look at the environment around you and you come up with stuff that rhymes that describes the reality around you. And this was very useful for me because I could still continue thinking about whatever was interesting to me and whatever moved me, et cetera. But um, I didn't, people weren't as suspicious uh, if I was writing them in the form of bars and I could perform them, which turned out to be a really big thing. So anyhow, I, I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm writing. And eventually uh, I was in a program dorm, which means that we went to class. We had a class every day. So we'd wake up and then maybe around 11 or so, um, a teacher would come into the jail and they would teach us something from the range of uh, fatherhood classes to addiction recovery classes. Um, even Some teachers even came in and taught us about the criminal justice system. Like I remember hearing about the expungement process, which is the process of removing felonies from your record, from someone in the jail. It was a San Jose State professor that came in with a, a group of people and said, this is something that we do if you're interested when you get out and having your charges removed and you meet these criteria, we encourage you to do so. So anyhow, I was in a program dorm. And one day we're waiting for class to start. And I had already been writing for maybe a month or so. Um, and somebody was just saying, hey, man, you're always writing. Why don't you fucking spit something? You know, so um, at the time, I had been doing, you know, my geek stuff. I'd been writing down notes here and there. And one of the things I had was a, a large list of words, things that people would say that I didn't understand. But once I understood it, I thought it was interesting. Um, or just things that inmates, it was kind of like a list of words that represented inmate culture as I was being exposed to it. So an example of that is uh, inmates are really obsessed, like we, we were living in, in bunk beds. So there's an up and a lower bunk. And they're really obsessed with who sleeps on which bunk. And the bottom bunk is considered higher status than the top bunk. So when I first moved in, I was on a top bunk, but I didn't care. I just thought of it as a bed. And then eventually... I realized as I spent more time there that people were moving from bunk to bunk. And I'd ask people, well, why, why is this person moving from here to here? And someone said, oh yeah, it's a, you know, it's about time. They're ready for a bottom bunk or they've, they have enough seniority so that they, they'll get the next bottom bunk that's available. And I was like, what? That's weird. So I'd write down like bunks. Anyhow, class is getting ready to start. And uh, the guy's like, why don't you fucking spit? And I had just written something that I, I basically compressed that list of all these terms um, that meant something meaningful for inmates and not to me into a reality rap. And uh, it, I, called the, I called it jail terms because I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how to name things into cool names or I didn't at the time. So, um, so I thought, oh, this would be an interesting thing for me to perform because I have an idea of what each of these things mean and I put it into a context in the song but based off of their reaction, I can, I can kind of test to see whether or not I'm really understanding this. Almost like, you know, I'm learning French and I have some French poetry I want to say to the people who speak French so that they can correct me if I get anything wrong. And they could be, oh, that's not really how you say that, but we get what you're saying. So anyhow, um, before class started, I performed jail terms. And it was like, to my surprise, people loved it. And um, what a lot of... The, 
you know, the inmates would tell me after I finished is like, they really appreciated that it really was a reality rap that they could relate to. It was something that we all knew about. It was in our, our environment, but you know, it was compressed into this, this dense piece of, of, of work. And it's nice hearing about these things, especially from my perspective. So anyhow, um, I performed jail terms. It was a hit and, uh, you know, I went on to making a lot more. <laughs> it, it was such a success that I continued writing and I, I, I was no longer worried about the snitching or not having enough patience or all of that because if these inmates were accepting it as quality in the hip-hop world, that's kind of the best crowd you can have. Um, so anyhow, I continued writing these things and um, I ended up picking the best 16 of 31 songs that I wrote and called it Elmwood Recipes. Um, the place that I was housed in was called Elmwood, so, and then of course the chef theme, so I called it Elmwood Recipes. And, um, there were a couple of different ones I'll briefly mention, a couple of different types of songs, but, um, the first one is Romania. I had this friend who was Romanian in jail. He's like a jail friend. I don't know if he would be a friend in my life now, but he was a credit card scammer from Romania. And, um, I wrote a, when I started off writing, I wrote a bunch of things about the inmates. Um, but then something went wrong. I, I ended up, uh, like I kind of hung out with Romania and, and wrote about him. So there was no, there was nothing weird about it, but I started writing about people that I wasn't really hanging out with and then things kind of went south. And, um, I had this writer's block period where I just felt creatively. I wasn't producing nearly as much as I usually would. And I realized that it was because I was almost faking it. Like a reality rap isn't real if you're trying to get into a different reality and then write about it it's better if i just wrote about the experiences i was already having so um i wrote a song called writer's block and then i was out of the writer's block um as i already mentioned i performed jail terms and then um you know i i, I just kind of perfected the reality rap thing and to me the peak of that was this song called ap's to crazies and uh it's about the ap's of the ap tests crazies or crazy people criminals etc and it's kind of like the first line is all fives on my aps now i'm chilling with the carjackers and the crazies and it's uh it's kind of like a um a, a reflective piece but it's really really let me put it like this jail terms was me writing a reality rap as an outsider whereas aps to crazies was me writing a reality rap as an insider and that was a very important kind of step. Um, so anyhow, there's writing about other people, Romania, writer's block, then uh, jail terms, which is writing about inmates, but as a group and as an outsider. And then there's uh, APs to crazies, crazies, writing as an insider. And then um, I ended up moving to a different facility called The Farm. And I wrote a song called Welcome to the Farm, which is probably the only song that I wrote in jail, whereas the others are just bars. Now, I'm going to briefly go over this, but in my view, the unit of hip-hop music is the bar, if you're just talking about lyrics, which is just an isolated rhyme that is coherent in and of itself, right? Um, maybe you need several lines in order for it to be, you know, for everything to connect, but um, it's just a unit of poetry, and a song is more of, like, a song is a unit in and of itself. It contains bars, but it's possible to write bars without writing songs. And in my view, I prefer to write bars, but as I got, you know, 
as I moved on and uh, advanced, now I mostly write songs because I have a kind of a method to the madness where I know how to convert bars into a song. But anyhow, um, Welcome to the Farm was the first song. Um, and then uh, after that, I mean, like I said, I took 16 of the best 31 or of the 31 that I wrote while I was in jail over maybe three or four months. And when I was finally released, I got a podcast mic, which was a portable recorder. But I just, you know, I use that to record music. Actually, I'm skipping a step. Before I got that mic, I recorded podcasts and Elmwood recipes on an iPhone. Yeah. Recorded on the iPhone first, then got the podcast mic, blah, 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 blah. And then Elmwood recipes for a long time was just a Google Drive folder with MP3s and lyrics on a Google Doc. But then eventually I got a SoundCloud account and uploaded everything to SoundCloud. And that's Red Chef on SoundCloud, Red the Color Chef, C-H-E-F. Um, so I'll put a link in the notes. So that was Elmwood Recipes. That was written in jail. That was recorded on the iPhone. Okay. Now I want to talk about the other mixtapes that I made. And just to, you know, give it some context, I ended up making between... You know, counting Elmwood recipes to date, I have like 13 mixtapes, but there's a bunch of things I want to say about them right off the bat. Um, well, when I finished Elmwood recipes, I no longer was confined to hip hop as a medium for expression. There was no more of the snitching stuff, right? I wasn't worried. I could write essays again, right? I had enough chops again. Um, but really, I thought I would stop making hip hop, but I just continued doing it largely because I was so interested in the podcast and hip hop is basically just beats and vocals and podcast is all vocals and beats are free, right? From YouTube that I just ended up making 13 to 12, 12 to 13 mixtapes um, over the next three years. So I didn't really want to or plan to. I really thought Elmwood recipes was great and it's enough and it's genuine. It was in jail, blah, 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 blah. But that's just the way it turned out. Okay. Um, also, I had the skill set, so um, it's solo, so it doesn't really require guests like the way I did on the podcast, so it's just kind of easy to do it. Um, I had a lot of free time. I was living in this halfway house. Um, I didn't have to have a job. They had, you know, they provided room and board for me, similar to a jail. All I had to do was these group therapy sessions twice a week, and that actually fueled a lot of the early music that I made, which is talking about being in therapy. Um... And I focused on the craft of bars and capturing the time and the production um, rather than making the references understandable or, you know, length of songs, number of verses, choruses, number of songs per mixtape, titles of songs, <laughs> distinctions between mixtapes and EPs, which I'm sure I always say the wrong thing. I think everything I do is probably considered an EP. Um, promotion, selling music. I didn't do any of that. I only f focused on bars and production and things of that nature. So kind of the intrinsic things that you need to worry about. Um, so again, as I say the word mixtape, just remember that means any number of songs that I rapped on that sound edited and up that I edited and uploaded online as a unit. So the mixtape list briefly is Elmwood Recipes, Evan Sheffin, which is named after Evans Lane, the halfway house I lived at. Um, dishes for Days, Focused Erosion, Implicit, Red Sheep, Purple, Screech, One, Two, Three, Grimy on Timey, and Young Davy. 
And I named 13, but the reason why I say maybe 12 is because, honestly, Grimy on Timey, similar to Elmwood Recipes, is the only kind of curated group out of all of these. Like, for the most part, I just put out every song that I make, but Grimy on Timey is the combination of one, two, and three, which are the mixtapes where I produce the beats. So, uh, the shitty beat revolution. So, um, yeah, if you, one, two, and three each have like some small number of songs on them, and I just picked the best five. Um, I think two of them are from three, two of them are from two, and then one of them's from one. So, uh, does that really count as its own thing? I don't know. Anyhow, I'd like to focus on four of these mixtapes moving forward and the milestones of my development as, as an artist and as a producer, if producer's the right title, but basically the guy doing the sound editing. So those four will be Elmwood Recipes, Red Sheep, Grimy on Timey, and Young Davy. We've already gone over a lot of Elmwood Recipes, so that'll be brief, but those are kind of important to understand the development of these, of, of Red Chef music overall. Um, I've also chosen one song from each of them, uh, that represents the concepts from the album. I'll play a clip of these songs so you can get the gist of it, but you can find all of the full songs on my SoundCloud and the links are in the notes. So first, Elmwood Recipes, we already went over it, made that one in jail, first one, made it on the iPhone, no real experience with any sound editing. Um, so a lot of it's performance and heavy, heavy writing because I wrote it in jail. So that's literally all I was doing was writing Elmwood Recipes. Um, you know, no homework, no podcasts, etc. So um, I already mentioned this song, but I'm going to play APs to Crazies. Um, just, you know. I haven't decided if I'm going to play the whole song or just a little bit, so I'll decide that afterwards. But um, I'm going to play, play APs to Crazies. Again, I was a seasoned writer and performer in jail at the time. Um, I knew I was writing Elmwood Recipes at the time, whereas most of these songs, like Romania, I wasn't planning on putting together any masterpiece. I was just doing it in isolation. Um, and I perform it over a Bay Area artist, Keek the Sneak. Um, one thing you should know about Elmwood Recipes is that you know, all of the instrumentals are, are taken from some very mainstream songs. Um, and I perform over those, which is pretty traditional for mixtapes. But for a lot of the other ones, they're YouTube beats. So maybe they're like, you know, it sounds like a J. Cole song or something like that. But it's not really a beat that everyone's heard before. Elmwood Recipes isn't like that. So this is from Keek to Sneak. Uh, and um, it has super specific jail references from my life in jail as an inmate. So again, I'm an insider rather than an outsider in this song. So uh, I guess I'll just play it in the middle of this. Here is APs to Crazies. All fives on my APs, now I'm chilling with the carjackers and the crazies. Working out with credit card scammers, born overseas. Arsonist artists picking tattoo sleeves. The niggas from the town or the point in the city talking about eating groceries. I'm used to sucking titties. Pop goes the socket as the clock ticks an hour off. Time is money, but money's made even when time stops. Double stuff the mattress, something soft. The last ticks in the teeth, no pause. Gambling debt. Payment and pretzels, that's disrespect I'ma get it, your rep Every day it's a game that we play Hit the weights, better cake, no escape Cause I know where you stay It's some pain and some gain, that's okay Push the way to make a name By the way, payday is Tuesday I'm on an early morning newspaper chase Finish before the homies get a taste of their cold gate If I make a mistake and wait late Fuck the local news, I'm not even reading the front page Hit the showers, pet the wet snake Then nap till they wake me for my lunch break if I'm lucky, Charlie Rose on the flat screen Grab my folder and top shirt for Starling At the breaks, hit the bar, then the dips I'm on the phone, listening to bars with my sis 
Rack status at six. If Hussein's gone, I'm stroking somebody's bitch in a pick. Clear. Time to get a place to sit. Pill call, saltine crackers on my lips. I don't bartend, it's just cool offs I mix. Shake it up and head hot water to the mix. If the yard's open, then my sweat's gonna drip. Working out, playing handball, and talking shit. No good. Shut down, time to make moves. Get the sorry board from James. Is it cool? I got the seven, so yup. I'm going home. This is how I live to the day that I'm going home. Papa Louie, roll it up. Deuces. Before I go, the name's pronounced Papa Lou, bitch. Turn the county jail blues into written music. I really do this. Shout out to my boy Indigo too. Stay off the Chris. Stay off the Chris. Stay off the Chris. Okay, the next mixtape is Red Sheep. This is the mixtape that I made uh, throughout my community college experience. I went to De Anza College for two years, and um, this was while I was living you know, between two halfway houses, basically. Uh, I went to community college pretty soon after I got out of jail because the timing of it was I was out around December 25th and the the quarter started. It was a quarter school, which is interesting. But the quarter started around January 7th or something crazy soon. And one of the people that visited my program dorm worked at De Anza College. And he said, hey, if any of you guys get out and you want to go to college, just hit me up. So I just already had a connection there. So anyhow, I made this throughout my time at De Anza College. I feel like, um, you know, there were a bunch of mixtapes in between Elmwood Recipes and Red Sheep, Evan Sheffin, Dishes for Days, Focused Erosion, and Implicit, most notably. And I felt like my ability to produce music was pretty good, but I was still borrowing beats. I wasn't making beats. I would still get YouTube beats, stuff like that. So um, this is a time when I felt like my vocal editing was decent, um, but my ability to produce beats was just non-existent. So um, I'm going to play a song called Finite. This is the first song, I mean, the only song, I think, that has actual singing in it. I think I was trying to do some kind of a fake auto-tune, like voice correction thing, but it's so subtle, you might not even hear it. Um, and it's a reality rap, but it's super-duper soft. It's like the exact opposite of the energy that I had in jail. It shows a lot of growth that I went, you know, went through uh, throughout those years. It's also the last song I made before I moved to to Davis, which I call Young Davy. That's why Young Davy is called Young Davy. And um, I just gotten my AA from Community College, but it was kind of bittersweet because, as much of an accomplishment as it is, I also remember being at a university, almost being finished with university. So it was kind of like, this is nice. It's, I'm moving forward, but it's very hard for me to kind of celebrate it because I know I've already surpassed this at previous times in my life. So it's kind of a sad-ish, weird-ish song. But anyhow, um, this is the time when I... Uh, this is another milestone in my music. This is Finite from Red Sheep. Uh, uh, hey, hey. It's Finite, 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 Finite But it's your life, your life your life, your life is finite, 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 but it's your life. It's your life, so I write a new mic, a new night, I do life, hope I do it right. You might get hype if you're my type, cause untight, green kites, blue heights, three fights. Denied, 
Two times, two lives New grind, new knife Don't mind, no lies I ignite, thin ice Fit tight, lip bites Trip highs, beehives Compromise, test drives Deep dives, no lives Just time, time lies it's finite, 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 but it's your life, your life, your life, your life. When I die, I'll rest tight. I've been about the chef life with hands tied. Reset mind, met time until next time. The bad times are finite, yet the good times are finite. But the bad times are finite, yet the good times are finite. The bad times are finite, the good times are finite. It's your life, your life, your life. Then good night, then good night, then good night, good night. The next mixtape is Grimy on Timey, one of my favorite mixtapes. You know, this is me really being in my independent artist bag, as they say. Uh, it's the beginning of the Shitty Beats Revolution. Or really, yeah, I would say it's the beginning of the Shitty Beats Revolution. Um, my vocal editing is insane in this uh, mixtape. So, you know, there's a lot of, there are a lot of areas of growth from Red Sheep to Grimy on Timey. Um, so first shitty beats, what the fuck is a shitty beat? And why do I keep calling it a shitty beat? Well, I love shitty beats and shitty beats to me are super simplistic beats that I make that remind me of what it's like. And this is going to sound silly, but they remind me of what it's like to have freestyle sessions in high school. So when I was in high school, um, I played on the drumline, and this is around the time that the movie Drumline came out. So it was like a really cool thing to be a black dude on a drumline. And I went to a school that was mostly Hispanic, but the whole drumline was black, uh, with the exception of one dude, Denzel, who was a Filipino dude. Shouts out to Denzel. But um, one of the things on the drumline was like we always – it was kind of a, a click. We would keep our sticks with us. We would have them in our back pocket and stuff like that. And uh, we would just drum whenever we were together on tables, trash cans, anything. So it was always really cool when we were having a jam session is like if a rapper came by and freestyled to our drumline beats. And uh, it's just very – it's very free. It's very creative. It's the, it's so far away in my view from the culture of recording things where everything is pre-planned and perfect. 
just freestyle into like some beat in a you know weird way it's 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 a different feel now i actually left this detail out but when i perform jail terms and everything else in jail obviously there's no beats right so jail terms what really pushed it over the top is uh i asked somebody to beatbox and nobody wanted to beatbox or give me a beat at all so i did the beat on my chest while i was performing and which really made it like oh wow this is like you know this guy really knows what he's doing anyhow the shitty beats remind me of that. They're super simple. Usually it's just bass and some kind of a clap are in the shitty beats. And um, the way that I produce the voice, the vocals, however, in Grimy on Timey, is that they're super, super uh, well produced. I mean, this is the time when in the, in the evolution of the podcast, I had name brand mics. I had a name brand portable recorder. I had good equipment. And I had built my first studio in the domes. So I built it again. The general story of my music is that I build stuff for the podcast and then just repurpose it for my music. And um, this was a time when I had built a fake studio or I call it the fake studio. I built a studio. And at the same time, I basically had like the worst reputation of anyone in my housing unit. So it was really, it was really hard to book interviews, yet I had the best equipment I ever had in my life. So this was like the prime environment for me to just play around with my equipment solo. And that's where a lot of the grimy on timey songs came from. Me basically being in isolation, yet having top of the line equipment. So anyhow, the, the, the culture of the freestyling and the beatboxing and the, you know, drumming on trash cans and shit just for fun. It meets the culture of heavily produced podcast voice, you know, almost NPR level production. And that's basically what Grimy on Timey is. It's, it's the combination of these two things. One of them from a very, you know, a world of almost no planning. And the other one where I'm dialing in the exact settings of compression for my voice to accomplish that specific task. Anyhow, um, in addition to that, my writing also changed. So the beats changed. I started making them. The um, production of the voice changed, but also the writing changed. I really started dialing into the one-liner style that I use. It's my favorite style to write in today. Uh, like I said, I've always written bars over songs, but these bars are particularly like bars that only I would write. They're very abstract lyrics. Um, I love to do, you know... Uh, science references and sex references and jail references but this in this song in particular climb it's a situation where i really got into my abstract lyrics um so i mean nowadays i don't even record hip-hop in studios anymore but um like i'd rather just be outside so i could be super loud in a place where there isn't too much noise but um this is really a special sound because of that i don't think i'm ever really going to make studio voice sounds like this on hip-hop but um this is climb from grimy on timey hope you enjoy try to write right yet i veer left bear more fruit so i care less the gate keeps hating on a young chef debates need some degree of unrest copies collage ideologies scholarly models through comedy Cause I'm not a robot Lost but I know I know not Said of all stories ever told is one Universe if I play a role how come Principles, principles, principles 
chef hearts need art ventricles split a coffee bean with a linguist spoke slang but she only spoke english i wish a lot of things weren't true but i'd rather leave a wish unused certainly there's shit you can't teach don't worry about the shit you can't reach just climb quality draft in high quantity She'd be too sloppy to copy me Luckness aligned with the lottery Trust in your grind in the pottery Take time for granted till it's vanished Habits over time, time's management I like my water wet and my soap clean No codeine, sipping peak protein Can you love life if you fear death? It's weird not knowing what I'll fear next The essence of challenge is choice I polish my signal with noise Wanna hear them out, but they're not sound Found common ground in the dog pound No arguments are convincing them Count fallacies as I'm listening Certainly there's shit you can't teach Don't worry about the shit you can't reach, just climb I represent the sheep red fleece Even vegans shrink rap meat Appeal not mass like a frat dude Rather get some ass through the grassroots I think I got released last week Cooking in the heat, that's me Real chef shit. Every win takes a little loss Take risk or listen to your boss Why don't you explore what your core wants? You need more support than a sports bra Truth gets bent in the court law Good noise floor, but the court's off Chef another day, thanks sheep god sheep Tell me if you see through my cone rods the anomaly economy We the monopoly nominees Certainly the shit you can't teach Don't worry about the shit you can't reach Just climb Certainly the shit you can't teach Don't worry about the shit you can't reach this time Don't worry about the shit you can't reach this time And now it's time for the mixtape I'm working on right now in Davis, California. Young Davy. Davis is so different from fucking jail from the first place. It's so different from from working on shit around felons. But in a lot of ways, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. So Young Davy. What is Young Davy? Well, from my perspective, it's the situation where I met my producer um, or my producers which are some art students that I met at UC Davis. One of them's name is Carolith, produced most of the uh, the beats. And the other one is Khan, who produced some of them and hopefully some more of the beats. But um, finally, I'm in the stage where I'm not stealing beats from YouTube. I'm not rapping on the shitty beats, although I love them and I hope to continue rapping on them. I'm getting beats that are created by someone who really wants to take, you know, they want to care for them. Although, to be honest, I fuck them up because I take <laughs> I take the beats that, that people give me and then I just loop them instead of using the actual variation they put in the original thing, but that's me. Anyhow, um, I have beats from a real producer now. Um, I'm writing songs instead of just bars. Almost everything on Young Davy is a song rather than, than just random-ass bars. And... Um, the vocals, I'm still playing a little bit with the editing. Like I said, I had a studio sound, but I don't really, I don't think it's good for everything. 
So I, I'm trying different recording setups and this and that, different microphones, and um, there's a little bit of experimenting there too with the vocals. So uh, when I met Carolith, I had songs written already that I performed, like Why from um, Grimy on Timey, which I think is from Two. And um, But as we got to know each other, he shared beats with me and eventually he shared a Google Drive with 50 plus beats on him. So now, instead of me just repurposing something I already made and putting that onto a beat and that being a song, I actually write to his beats, which usually makes it a better quality song. Um, so now when I'm bored, since I have access to a lot of beats, I like the way he makes them, I like what the end product, I just rummage through them and write bars when I'm free. And um, a new detail for my life is that I got this new job in the energy industry that, that's a midnight shift. Um, so a lot of the times when I'm on that shift, I'm just playing his beats and writing. And because of that, because I don't have to worry about making them, and because I have this new dimension of my life where I'm by myself for eight hours of the day, it's actually really smooth making more hip-hop music. So, uh, you know, I usually focus on one song start to finish uh, before moving on to the next. This has always been the case. But um, on Young Davy, I feel like I've spent the most time with some of these songs, other than the ones on Elmwood Recipes, of course. So um, Cherry, for instance, instance uh, one of my favorite songs, period. I think I spent a whole month on the writing, production, back and forth of that song. Um, whereas most of them just take a few days because I have a lot of it just, you know, it's, it's the same process. But uh, I really spend a lot of time with these. So, um, you know, and usually it's two days of writing, one day of recording, processing, and exporting. So this is how most of Young Davy is written. Now, I want to share a song with you. It's the the latest song. I think I'm going to keep adding to Young Davy, so it might not be the last song. But it's the latest song that I made on Young Davy. It's fun. Um, it's called Trader Hose. The beat came with the chorus, so I knew it was going to be a love or love-related song. I think it turns out to be a lust song. Um, the vocal performance in the song is pretty dramatic. I think I'm finally growing into kind of a character as, as like a hip-hop artist, um, you know, it's not just regular speech. I'm really filling space with my voice. But uh, each verse is also produced a little bit differently. One of them's natural. One of them's a telephone voice. One of, them, one of them's high pitch, which, as you know, I love the high pitch voice, if you've ever heard my music. Um, each verse is more aggressive than the last. Um, and it's kind of cool because the first one's about logic. The second one's about women who work at Trader Joe's, which is random, but that's why it's called Trader Hoes. And then the last one is about um, actual relationships and people in my sex life in the past and in the present. So um, <laughs> the reason why, now you might wonder, why the fuck would you write about women at Trader Joe's? Well, here's the thing. I live near Trader Joe's. And I actually don't shop at Trader Joe's that often. But here's... <laughs> But I started making kombucha a month or so ago, so I go there to get quality tea and sugar, you know, I go there to get some Dr. Bronner soap, maybe I'll buy some lotion there, but for the most part, I'm not really in Trader Joe's. However, every time I go, almost every time I go, I feel some type of way about the women I encounter, either the ones shopping, the cashiers, the bag ladies, something. Now, it's just me, I know, this is in my head. But to me, this is a part of the joy of hip hop music specifically. Uh, is, is, I mean, I guess music in general, but an art in general is that I'm taking this real feeling, this real, like, I feel some type of way. I don't know what it is really. 
I think it's just customer service that I'm looking into too much, but I'm taking a real feeling and then I'm extending it into this character that's like pretty extreme. You know, so not every, don't take everything I say in a song so fucking seriously. It's a fun song. It's silly. It's kind of, there's some real shit in it and there's some not as real shit in it. But, you know, I think the exaggeration and the lightheartedness of this song is a really fun thing to share on top of the fact that the production is really good. This is one of the only songs on Young Davy so far that if I blast it in a car, because I ride a motorcycle, so I, I'm always listening to stuff in headphones. I'm never in a car. So whenever I'm in a car with somebody, I always say, hey, let me play some of Young Davy. Let me play some of Grimy on Timey so I can hear how it sounds and maybe produce it better. And um, this is one of the only songs that I thought was good and other people thought was good. They were like, you know, as far as the production of it, like, can you hear my voice clearly? Is the beat loud enough? Things of this nature. And, uh, yeah, I was driving with someone and they were like, yeah, this is the best one so far. Whatever you did for this one, do that for the rest of them. So I, I, I feel like production wise, it's good too. Anyhow, this is Trader Hoes from Young Davy. I hope you enjoy. I'm loving you all the time, little lady. I really want to make you my pretty baby. Maybe it's the nerd in me But the sheep shit has gone past absurdity Last time they tried to charge me with perjury If you're with the herd, fuck what you've heard of me I'm just a young chef, I'm in love with these meals To be real, the sheep shit I really don't feel I try to keep the sound waves lossless I was problem solving, now I'm Randy Moss and sauces Playing my part, it started with the gardening I'm older than stars, but Wonder Bar's carded me It's honest if it sounds like nonsense I've got the seasonings to make spring constant Looking where I'm cooking, real chef shit You're still chefing if you only mix checks mix Every effect has a cause, that's logic My baby's arctic, but I met her in the tropics I really wanna make you my pretty baby Loving you all the time, little lady. I really wanna make you my pretty baby. I'm loving you all the time, little lady. Too much chemistry with hoes at Trader Joe's. Give them lead pipes standing on my ten toes. My dick's clean, I dipped it in Dr. Bronner's. Another sip, and you might graduate with honors. Your uniform's unbuttoned with your breast out. Is it cool? If I check you out at checkout, if I make some small talk about your necklace. Real talk, what's that neck about? Quit playing with my emotions, I got ashy fingers, but bitch I'm buying lotion, I brought my own bag, and cold hard cash, if you turn around, I'm looking at your whole ass, please don't look at me with the eyes, next time I'm needing some wine, I'll need a disguise, is it customer service or are you flirting, I see you working it at work and it's working, I really wanna make you my pretty baby, Loving you all the time, little lady. I really wanna make you my pretty baby. Loving you all the time, little lady. 
the tortoise has hair. I don't fucking care, bitch. I'm overdressed in my underwear. I'm up to bat, looping up the mitt with my spit. A little ass play. Now she with the shits. I was lost in thought and lost my kids in a thought. That pussy's in the coffin. I'm sick, my dick's coughing. We were tight fitted, but something didn't sit right. If she's still bitching, at least I hit the shit right. Not to be rude, but I know you want the noodle. I'm a dog, but she thought I meant poodle. I know a bad Nintendo bitch that loves joysticks. You only suck your dick if you've heard voices. Not every rosebud's going to blossom. I talk shit and talk white, fucking awesome. Would you rather take a shot or shot black? What's BDE to a black cock? I really wanna make you my pretty baby. I'm loving you all the time, little lady. I really wanna make you my pretty baby. I'm loving you all the time, little lady. And now it's time for the music. I like to end these Fundamentals of Chefery episodes with a final song that's relevant to the episode. The song I've decided to share with you is truly one of a kind. (laughs) Share with you. Uh, When I was accepted into UC Davis, I moved counties, but I had to get my probation transferred to make the move official. It turned out that my court date conflicted with my school schedule, so I had to miss class and drive 200 miles to sit in a courtroom for 10 minutes. During that trip, I spilled water on my computer and lost all of my music. I don't like remaking songs, even if I messed up the lyrics, but this song was the only one that I felt was worth resurrecting when I got back on my feet production-wise. It captures the frustration of being admitted to a top university, but still dealing with the antiquated criminal justice system. It's very aggressive, very geeky, and uniquely expressive. Real chef shit. Without further ado, this is Screech One from Screech, and I hope you enjoy. Uh, I'm not a scholar, just quasi-epistemologist. I walk, I talk to philosophers, psychiatrists, respectively. No loans, I'm lonely. Good dome, I'm a domey. Only shit I like to talk is chef shit. Niggas get offended by my, by my methods, bitch. I ain't trippin', I'm still whippin'. Chef said, you can't take the heat, get out my kitchen. Chef said, my bitch been giving me lip. Is it misogynistic to give them dick? My niggas with the shits never gave a shit. My bias implicit, please don't take offense. I like your nice and your juicy. Perpetuate the game when you spend my cash. Compromise looking through your eyes. Constructive criticize, I've no class. Chef said, 